And we actually have a sermon archive online. I don't know if you know that. but So you can go online and listen to his um, sermon on, on this if you want. I'm, I'm using a lot of it um, throughout this. And if you think, ah, I want, I want like the full adult version of that sermon, um, you can go listen to Aaron's sermon, which is excellent on this passage. Um, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I lean on it quite a bit here. An expert in the law. We have some of those in the house this morning. Cam and Matt, Pat, work on his way to becoming an expert in the law. All right. Uh, An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and and your neighbor as yourself. He said to him, You've given the right answer. Do this and you'll live. But wanting to vindicate himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Hmm. Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and took off, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came upon him. And when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, treating them with oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. There's a song we sing when we're about to think about a story of God, especially a parable with the kids, and it goes like this. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. There once was someone who did such amazing things and who said such wonderful things that people began to follow him. And one day, while they were following him, a person who was an expert in the law, an expert in what was written in the Bible, came up to Jesus and asked him a question. He said, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life, to go to heaven, to live the the perfect life, and then when my life is over, spend the rest of my days in eternity with God? What do I have to do? And Jesus said to him, what's written in the Bible? What's in the law? What do you read there? He said to him, it says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus was impressed with his answer. He said, yeah, you're right. That's it. Spot on. Do that and you'll live. But the man wanted to make sure that he was doing this correctly. He wanted to to make sure he understood the rules. Any rule followers here? We always spend half of youth group, 
you're a rule follower? That's true, Emerson. You are a rule follower. A very good rule follower. Well, this guy was a rule follower too. We usually spend half of our time in youth group clarifying the rules of whatever game we're playing. It's like, okay, you can't go out of bounds. Like, what if I sever my leg? Okay, yes, if you sever your leg, you can, we can stop the game and address it. It's like all these caveats to the rules we have to clarify with the, with the youth group. It's like Nate, Maybell and Palmer all grilling me on all the little nitpicky things. I want to make sure I'm following all the rules correctly. This guy wants to make sure he's getting all the rules correctly. So he says, but who exactly is my neighbor? Just clarify things for me. Make it really clear. And Aaron, in his sermon on this, says he's asking a question that begs for a category. Who is my neighbor and who is not my neighbor? So Jesus tells him a story. He says there once was a human being. Just says human being. There once was a human being traveling from up high in Jerusalem, the holy city, down 18 miles into Jericho, and along the way he gets attacked by robbers. Now, these robbers take his clothes, they hurt him, they beat him, it says, they steal any money that he has with him, anything he's traveling with, his staff, his cloak, they leave him on the side of the road, and it says he's half dead. He's bleeding. He's really hurt. Fortunately, there was a pastor walking down the road just that time. It says a priest. A priest is kind of like a pastor. There's a pastor walking down the road. So he's in good luck. Surely the pastor coming from worship in Jerusalem will stop by the side of the road to help this man. But does he? He does not. He does the opposite. He moves to the other side, and he keeps on walking. But then, thankfully, the chair of the deacons, the Levite, the head of the social action committee, is walking past this person. She will surely stop and help the man who is laying half dead on the side of the road who needs help. But she sees him And she also does the opposite. She moves to the other side of the road and keeps on walking. Well, finally, someone who does not look like a helper comes along. Someone who our lawyer friend who's asking the question would think was a sort of backwards type of person. A backwards backwards good for nothing is coming along. The lawyer thinks this guy's the reason our country's headed in the wrong direction. A Samaritan, a Samaritan came along. Surely he will see this person lying in the ditch, laugh, and think just what that person deserves and keep on moving. But the Samaritan, what does the Samaritan do? The Samaritan sees says he's filled with compassion. Not at all what the lawyer expected him to be filled with. He's filled with compassion. And then he moves towards the person and then he gets messy because he bends down and he touches the wounds of this person. It says he uses oil and wine. Wine would have 
disinfected. Oil might have made some of the wounds feel better. He uses oil and wine on the wounds of this person. He gets maybe some blood on himself. He certainly gets dirty as he gets off his donkey to help this person. And then he, he, he bends down, lifts from the legs, and puts this person on top of his own donkey and continues on his journey. He walks all the way to the nearest inn, the nearest place that he can stay, and he gives the innkeeper $400, $500. says, you know, take care of this person. And then he pulls out his checkbook, and he says, I'm going to sign this check. I'm going to leave it blank so you can put whatever number in here that you need to care for whatever this man needs. He goes way out of his way to take care of a person, a person who might not like him, a person who might have hated this Samaritan. Well, the lawyer listening isn't sure whether he should be amazed at this story or a little bit upset, a little put off that Jesus has just described someone that he didn't like very much in such an amazing way. He came to Jesus and asked, how do I make sure that I'm going to inherit eternal life? And Jesus told him a story whose point was, you know, be like the guy you don't think is going to inherit eternal life. That is how you're going to inherit eternal life. That's who your neighbor is. He says to the man, which of these people was a neighbor? And the one who showed him mercy, the lawyer said, says, go and be like that Samaritan. Wow. So, okay. Based on Jesus' story, how would you summarize the answer to the question of who is our neighbor? Hank. Yes, Hank says, instead of being the man that walks by, be the person that stops and helps. That's what it means to be a good neighbor. Who do you think is not our neighbor? Do you think there are people who are not our neighbors? People that we don't have to help? I don't think so. I think part of Jesus' point here is that there isn't a category of people who are not your neighbors. I mean, neighbors, when we talk about neighbors, we're usually talking about the person that lives next door, right? That's like lowercase neighbors. That's like when we're just using the word neighbor. But Jesus is saying, when God tells you to love your neighbor, it is a big neighbor, and there's no category of person that isn't a part of that. Why do you think the pastor, the priest, the Levite, why do you think that they don't stop to help the person? What do you think, Nate? They didn't want to think about it. They didn't have time. I think that's, I think. Hmm. They are important people. So they didn't have time. They didn't want to think about it. That's a good answer. Yep. That's, yep. Why else do you think the pastor and Levite might not have stopped to help this person that so clearly needed help? 
Any other reasons come to mind? Yeah, I think your answer summarizes a lot of why they might not have stopped. They were important people. They were busy. They had things to do. An additional reason, yeah, go ahead. They might not have wanted to be in his debt. Hmm, oh, that's really interesting. He said they might not want to be in his debt. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 you'd have to like you'd have to therefore like have a relationship with this person that would maybe extend beyond just like giving him a band-aid in this moment. If you were really going to help them, you would have to you'd have to get messy. It would be inconvenient. You'd have to get to know this person. You'd be in relationship with them and maybe even there would be some sort of you know, I owe you, you owe me sort of thing. Yeah, that's good. Another reason that I think um, that goes along with those answers is that the priest and the Levite would have both had to break a rule. They would have both had to break a rule to help this person because priests and Levites were not allowed to touch blood. And if this person happened to have already died, they really weren't allowed to touch people's bodies that were dead. And so that was a rule that may have been in their minds. They may have been thinking, if I touch this person and I get blood on my hands or something, because I'm a priest, I'm going to have to take seven whole days. I'm going to have to set aside a whole week to become pure again. Because in the Old Testament, priests who touched blood were required to separate themselves from the community. It's kind of like, Kind of like, we kind of have a different reference for this now, now we have COVID. Um, you get COVID, you have to isolate forever, right? So it's, you know, it's, it's not so different for priests who, who were exposed to, to, to blood. If they touched it, they would have to set themselves apart for seven days, which would have been incredibly inconvenient. I can't take a week of my time to help this person. I've got all these other things I have to do. Plus, I'd be breaking a rule. So in their minds, they're not breaking God's commandments. They're fulfilling God's commandments. They're following the rules. And one of the things that Aaron points out in his sermon is that for Jesus, this is a story about the hierarchy of God's laws, which places neighbor love above any other law that's given. Love God and love your neighbors. These are the rules that go above every other rule. That is the rule to order your entire life around. The greatest commandment, love God and love your neighbor. You are not too busy to do that. It is not too inconvenient. Neighbor love will be messy and inconvenient, but God's, the, 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 the rule at the top of the charts for God is to love your neighbor. I wish there was a version of this story where the Samaritan comes across 10 people who are in need, so I could see what he does when the need is overwhelming. Would the Samaritan just help the one and trust that others would help the other people along the way? 
Does he um, maybe help everyone a little bit and then move on his way? Does he start a nonprofit to try to uh, address the systemic issues? Does he try to stop violence that caused the, the, you know, the robbers? We have a problem with, 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 with thievery. We need to address that at the political level. I, problems are complicated. It's hard to know which problem to address This parable tells us that part of the key to understanding what it means to have life and to truly have life to the fullest is to, when you see need, not be hardened and to move to the other side of the road, but to move towards it with compassion and to put love into action. One of my favorite lines from Frederick Buechner's book, Brendan, is a scene like this. There's a man named Gildas who only has one leg, and then there's a priest named Brendan, It goes like this, pushing down hard with his fists on the tabletop, he heaved himself up to where he was standing. For the first time, we saw he only had one leg. The other was gone from the knee joint down. He was hopping sideways to reach for his stick in the corner when he lost his balance. He would have fallen in a heap if Brendan hadn't leapt forward and caught him. I'm as crippled as the dark world, Gildas said. If it comes to that, which one of us isn't, my dear, Brendan said. Gildas with but one leg. Brendan, sure, he had misspent his entire life. Me, I had left my wife to follow him and buried our only boy. The truth of what Brendan said stopped all our mouths. We was cripples, all of us. For a moment or two, there was no sound but the bees. To lend each other a hand when we're falling, Brendan said. Perhaps that's the only work that matters in the end. Jesus shows us how to love like the best neighbor because Jesus sees us when we're hurt. And when we're mean, Jesus doesn't move away. He moves towards us. And when we feel broken or sad, Jesus is filled with compassion, and he is always, always, always moving towards us and never, never, never moving away from us. He is the good Samaritan. You get to be a good neighbor to people this week by putting love into action, and God is so glad when we act like a good Samaritan towards others. And so if you have a chance To be like the good Samaritan to someone this week, I would love to hear about it. I would love for you to remember and to tell me so that we can encourage each other with stories of us being good Samaritans, good neighbors to the people that we know and people that we don't know. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you always, always, always move towards us and that you never move away from us. There's never a moment where you decide, you know what? I'm, I'm just, I'm going to move, I'm just going to get some space from that person. That's, that is never what you do. You always move towards us. And we're sorry that sometimes we move away from you. We pray that we would, that you would help us move close to you. And I pray that you would help us have the courage and the softness of our hearts to not become overwhelmed by the problems in the world, but to move towards them in thoughtful ways, to respond as best as we can, to love people the same way that you love us. And we pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Amen.